Southern. 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 Knowledge. Knowledge Podcast. You damn dirty ape. You are now tuned in to the Southern Knowledge Podcast with Malice Martell. And Uncle Daddy Luke. Nice throwback to the 90s, man. We are some 90s, baby. What's going on, man? How was your week? My week was magnificent, Uncle Luke. As I've said, I might have said this before, but I'm just going to keep reiterating this at the beginning of every episode I can, as long as the feeling and the statement is still true. This has just been a great year for me so far, man. 2020 going forward, I'm just really embracing me. I'm getting to the money. That's that. That's just been a, a major, major thing for me so far this year is just getting to the money, getting to the cheese, not letting it consume me, not letting it be my whole identity, but having to be a priority. You letting the bag chase you? You ain't chasing the bag right I'm now? I'm getting, Uncle Luke, I'm stepping into Louie right now. I'm in my bag right now, man. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Gucci right now. They rolling me up a blunt in Gucci. You guys seen that video of uh, uh, what's his name? The I'm living my best life. Hang on back, uh, Lil Duval. Lil Duval. He had made a video about uh, it was a suitcase. He had it on electronic wheels, and it was following him around. So he was saying, "Man, I'm gonna have my bag follow me all 2020." So I'm glad you're on that issue right now. Then. I got a question, Uncle Luke. Uh, you would say that was kind of like a one-hit wonder, just a major super hit, though, right? I thought he had another song that was big. I never just heard oh, it, I think he had that song, I'm Dropping Dick Off. Yeah, something He like, had that song, yeah. but I asked that question because do you think he made more money off of that song than Lil Nas X made off of Old Town Road? Now, we know Old Town Road was a mega super hit smash of, of no other, but just in terms of Lil Duval, I don't think is in a music contract. So most of that money that he does, he right. already tours, so he doesn't have to worry about getting an outside booking agent or anything like that. He can just perform the song before his comedy show. Do you think he got more money and more residuals off that than a little Nas X that's signed and in the music business and looking for chasing that next hit? There was definitely two phases of Old Time Road. It was definitely before Lil Nas X got signed and after Lil Nas X got signed. And you would just see it on YouTube videos or clip together videos of his song before he had the whole full length uh, song out and then after when he got signed with the video with Billy Ray Cyrus and all that whoop de whoop so you know uh, they are getting a big percentage of that part of that but with me asking you that too uh, you asked me that Lil Duval you know I'm sure he got you know every single dime that was owed to him because he's not signed to anybody but you did you see that uh 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 uh, bro, the 85 South show. Man, I don't mean on these you people. You want to be honest, bro. Um, the 85 South show, I think the people are, are funny, but I just, the show for me is, I guess it's just like a roasting kind yeah, of Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they're like it's not, it's not true stand-up. It's not true stand-up in the context. It's just them going off the energy of the crowd and, yeah, pretty much just them it, It's not really the my type time. of... It's not really my type of vibe, if you want me to be honest. I mean, the people are individually maybe funny, but when they are, they're on the stage and they're doing like the kind of like a podcast, kind of like a stand up, kind of like a roast session, kind of like a you know crowd back and forth. It's not really me, you know. But well, I've been thinking this whole time of the dude that's on. It's uh, 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 Carlos, Carlos Miller, Miller, Chico Bean, DC Young Fly, DC Young Fly. He's tr- trying to get into R and B now. Do you think that's the way for people to start going to releasing their own Luke. music? If you haven't seen this trend, I, well, I know you're not on social media a lot, so I can't really blame you for this, but the typical format for most either an Instagram comedian or Instagram quote-unquote celebrity, they go from doing the, the, the clips, then they go to doing the videos, 
then they start dabbling their feet into music and trying to do like that. I think it's just a natural progression on Instagram or any social media where they do their clips and then they're like, okay, what can I do to keep their attention now? And the most probable case or the most probable route that they usually take is going to music. Is that but, the natural progression of a stripper too as well right now? Uncle Luke, you got to be right, man. I think it's just everybody. I think right now, um, rap music, which has always been kind of like what people want to do, you know, but culture. I think right now to the most highest degree because of how easily somebody can be become or can become a rapper, like a Lil Nas X, one day you're doing, running a stand account, the next moment you drop one song and your whole life changes. I think a lot of people are looking at that like, all I need is just one. I just need one hit. With any other, you know, career or whatever, you need consistent you know, clientele, consistent work, consistent everything. But when it comes to the music industry, in a lot of cases, you just need that lightning in the bottle one time. And if you align that right, you really can eat off that for the rest of your life. But while we're on the subject of people getting that lightning in the bottle and milking it for the rest of their life, a situation came up recently, Uncle Luke, with a, what's the proper term for nowadays? Is it little person? Is it, I know midget isn't really the term. Dwarfism. I know they don't. Dwarf is is, is almost like retard, right? It's no, not dwar in the dwarfism same. is if you're under four ten, you're considered an actual. No, I'm saying like calling someone a dwarf. I mean, I know the actual. You know, they may label it scientifically as okay, this is dwarfism. But if you call someone an actual dwarf, isn't that kind of like disrespectful? Right. Well, I don't know about this PC culture anymore, bro. I I, I honestly don't know. I don't well, know. if you if you're anti PC culture, Uncle Luke, I want you to give your honest opinion on what happened. A uh, young kid, you know, the age is being disputed. Some people are saying the dude is 18. Some people are saying the dude is 9. I think the consensus is he's a younger dude that just flashes on Instagram. Anyways, uh, Quaden Bayless is a young kid in Australia where a video came out recently, which if he is around 9, 10 years old, the way his mother kind of dressed him in the video kind of adds to them trying to say that he invoke an emotion because he's dressed like a young sailor-like kid. You know how they dress younger kids? Well, the video comes on, and I guess the mom is explaining, look, they're bullying my kid. He's crying. He comes out, and you know how social media is. Most times when a video or something comes like this comes out, people galvanize around it. They feel sympathy and empathy as every any decent human being would feel. Even myself, I was like, you know, why are they bullying to me? I mean, I understand you making jokes with people that want the jokes, but just going after somebody, just viciously, uh, just trying to tear them down in every way. For me, me personally, I can never support it, but I always look down upon it, and I'm looking at this, I'm like, man, they're bullying him. He obviously has something wrong with him, and people want to make fun of him. But as social media does... <laughs> They did some deep dive, and then it came out with his Instagram page. He got the Gucci on. He got the Louis on. He got he flashing the racks. He got the racks out, like Uzi with the money phone. <laughs> but people started looking at this, and they're like, hold on. And some people even asked the question, if he's being bullied, why are we sending money to a GoFundMe? How is money going to stop the bullying? And Uncle Luke, what is your personal opinion on this from the GoFundMe, from the public outcry, from A to Z on this whole situation? And I don't even think you really just brought up brought it up that big as well, the GoFundMe account. It was started from also another midget comedian who's in Australia. I well, think it's little person, Luke. Because if no, I'm not mistaken... Okay, go ahead. If I'm not mistaken, ahead. even with the shows that come on, it's Little Women LA. It's little... I don't think they like being called midgets, dwarfs. Uh, 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 meaning me or anything like that. I think the the term now, uh, respectfully to a person, is actually called them a little person. But continue. 
So, How do you stand so, on that? so that, that that's what Roger going to with man as well. I think it, Uncle Luke is uh, we're in a we're in a day and age now where people want to be called what they want to be called, and you're kind of going to have to either respect it or you're going to have to go against what a lot of the current crowd is going towards. Whether it's saying you know trans women are women, whether it's what people are lying as, whether it's you know from A to Z, we're in a day and age now where if people say, look, this is what I line as. And this is what I want to, you know, go for. I want to be what I want to be known by. This is what I want to be referenced as. If you don't align and if you don't conform to that, you're being rude. You're being disrespectful. You're being transphobic. You're being uh, a, a misogynist. You're being uh, a, 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 a whole assortment of different names. So if you are, aren't are going to align yourself with it, you are putting yourself in a position where you will be critiqued and you will be looked at in a certain light. I can't believe you're saying this, especially coming from somebody that loves Dave Chappelle as much as you do, and you usually are within the same scope as he is on the situation from Sticks and Stones. Yeah, you can request to for me to call you whatever I uh, want to, but for me to just say it by myself, I can say whatever the hell I want to when I'm not addressing that person. Well, I say it like this, and I'm not... I was trying to speak of it um, unbiasedly. I I'm, am um, in the oak of a... Your, uh, Dave Chappelle where he says you know this is how I have this view and this is why I see this but I see no reason if somebody comes to me and they're like look when referring to me just like when somebody tells me their name they say look I want you to refer to me as XYZ I'm not going to be an asshole and continuously be like like if they say hey my name is Janice now yeah mm. you used to know me as John but I went through X, Y, and Z. My name is Janice now. I'm not going to be like, hey, John, what's up? Like, that's not me. I'm not a person that's going to go out of my way to disrespect someone. If someone says, look, this is where I'm at in my life. This is where I'm doing. This is what I'm X, Y, and Z. I'm going to respect that. I'm not going to go out of my way to be like, well, society, no, I'm going against this. And I'm not conforming to X, Y, and Z. It's not, it's not major to me. Now, when you come to the point where you're forcing me to align with X, Y, and Z, and I have to, no. I'm not going to do anything because I have to, but I feel like as a person, I want to respect you as a person. I'm going to call you what you want to be called. I think this is a bigger conversation for later on in the podcast, mm-hmm. but to get back on the Quaid and Bayless, <clears throat> I don't see... Okay, the... Let, let me throw it at you at this point first then, because mm-hmm. I really want to talk to you about this. It comes out that the kid is not broke. You know, He's just being mm-hmm. bullied at school, and people were trying to say, oh, he's not uh, 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 impoverished, he's not, you know what I mean, obviously a person that comes from a little bit of wealth, especially from the way he dresses and the way his mom is, and she's come out and say, you know, we're in a pretty good situation right now. Does that also dictate people's affection towards somebody else knowing that, you know, possibly they gave this money to this GoFundMe account when they raised ten, they were trying to raise $10,000 for this kid to send him to Disney World. I don't know how Disney World is the happiest place on earth, you know, why people just want to send kids there. But they ended up raising $400,000 for this bullied victim. He has money. Does that change how you feel about his situation to begin with? My problem is why do people, and I think it's just a condition that most Americans have, we think we assume that with money and wealth comes happiness. Right. When you assume a certain amount of wealth that your happiness instantly, you know, multiplies and that you no longer are sad, you no longer, you know, are, are depressed, you get to this point where you make so much money that those other things don't matter. When it's really on the contrary, man, money in a lot of times allows you to do what you want to do. And if you want to be lonely, it allows you to, you know, alienate yourself 
from everyone to a degree to where you never could do if you were poor to look at a situation where a kid is being bullied and automatically assuming even in the thing it said he's being bullied because of his condition right unless your money that you're sending him is going to like he has a missing limb and you're sending him money to buy a new arm so now he doesn't you know he's not having just a plank or something like on his arm he actually has a you know an actual prosthetic arm now okay now i understand but what you're sending money to him for cannot fix what he has right and he thinks sending him money now he got the new gucci zone that's gonna stop people from <laughs> bullying him and in most cases it's gonna make people bullying him more because now you fresh i'm broke it's some i look at you as something worse than me because you have this you know disorder and you're rich i'm broke so now i envy this i'm really gonna go well not me personally but in a lot of people's minds that's already minds, a bully right. I'm going to go at you harder because I don't even have anything. Now you got the Gucci, you got the Louis, you got the, you know, the Balenciaga. You got everything I want, and now I'm going to go at you even more relentlessly. So, to me, I don't think a GoFundMe account was the best thing to do for this kid. Celebrities were out crying for all this, all this. I think it's the same thing with donating money to a charity. Why are you asking me to send money to this kid where it's people that make you know, exponentially amount the money that I make and you're asked for my little dimes instead of their, you know, whole sense incentives. But, go I ahead. Know, I got a question, Uncle Luke. With the, with the recent occurrences of, like, a Keaton, you know, the kid that was saying I he was being bullied and then his mom. And then it came out that he was actually a racist bad. The stripper. And I'm not saying they have a correlation, but I'm just saying instances happen. And then a GoFundMe is immediately put up and people send substantial amount of donations because people feel like, well... Let me help them. Let me send this little X, Y, Z, and that adds up. Do you think there should be either more parameters, or do you think this is going to be something that continues to grow as social media and we all become one world? Things like this are easier to come. I even seen a video, or not a video, an image, a couple images on Twitter where this person is trying to fake like he was kidnapped in Mexico, <laughs> and the family was like, look, if you don't send this amount of money uh, for to help us with the ransom, they're going to kill him, and they was asking for money. Everybody like looked at it like, come on, you can't be serious. This is obviously a joke, but it's so easy in a life in, in, in the world or society that we're in right now, people are so gullible. There's always a trick. There's a reason why these OnlyFans girls are making and grossing 100K right, 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 a year. Right, right. There's always going to be a sucker to be sucked or a sucker to be licked. So if you have people, you know, what's the saying how it always goes? Two things that will always part as a fool in his money. I just think that people will always go for sympathetic things like this. And no matter how much we go back and we do more research, I think people are always going to fall for this. And the thing that I want to go to next is I kind of, this is the one thing that I do kind of want to defend for a person like uh, Keaton or a person like the white lady that just came out that was singing under the, uh, and I guess maybe the the train station. Right. They walked up to the white woman. She's singing good. They bring her up to this status. And the problem with social media is they're so quick to build people up to this pedestal because first it's innocent. It's like, look at this person. Let's support them. Let's help them. But once they assume and they, you know, they get all of these accolades that you're throwing at them, now social media is like, okay, they've gotten too much. Let's tear them all the way down. We've built them. Let's tear them down. And I just, I don't like that mind state. I don't know how to fix it, but I hate that uh, social media or people that participate in social media, they take these people to this high platform and then they almost feel almost obligated to do deep dives and find out anything that they've done in their history, like every other human, and tear them down for it. I mean, you sound like a stockbroker a lot. You seem like you actually done your research on that, but it's just commerce, the flow of money. When there's a supply, there's also a demand, there's also a want and a need. But 
just to get off the situation with Quaden and kind of into a different topic, I definitely did want to talk about Pop Smoke because he's an artist that I'd never heard of before until he passed away. And he was one of the new Jack boys that Travis Scott is trying to, you know, make popular now with him and also the likes of who's the woman abuser who was with uh, the girl. There's a know, lot of those in the rap game, bro. I don't be knowing these people. Names. But no, Pop so Smoke really—he built up a lot of his own steam up in the New York area. He is right. from Brooklyn, and a lot of people up there was rocking with him. And as we are in the South, we're obviously going to be a little bit behind when this thing's going on in the North, because we're more so in the South. We focus on our own and support our own, and then we get on that New York shit a little bit later. Just as you know, vice versa. People in New York—I mean, maybe more so now because the South is running music or the rap music, but. Even in the nineties, you know, they wasn't rocking with that that southern shit. They wanted their New York shit. They have their own, their sound that they're doing. Even though like past couple of years they've been doing a lot of the trap sound, but New York always has that you know grimy sound that they you know developed and that they brought into today. And he was a connection between uh, New York drill and the UK drill music. So he he had a major following growing behind him. He was only twenty years 20, old, man. man. And we 20. we. We see these people, these young guys, they come into all of this success and we forget that these are really kids trying to maneuver. And I, and I say that respectfully because I'm only 23 myself. I'm not trying to call them a kid, but I'm saying we're young people trying to maneuver through a world that we don't fully know yet and we get caught up in situations. Now, a lot of theories, as always, when a celebrity dies, has been coming out of how he was killed because they still have not found out how, why he was in L.A. Some people are saying because he accidentally posted his address. People felt like they wanted to rob him. Some people were saying it has to do with the Bugatti. Uh, I think that it was a Bugatti, if what, I'm not mistaken. Something about the same Bugatti that was in one of his videos that somebody took. He, so, well, he know. borrowed it from a guy from L.A., and all right. of the guy in L.A. wanted said he wanted VIP tickets. Somehow, it, it found its way in uh, Pop Smoke home back in Brooklyn. He's probably he probably know a lot back. about this situation already. That's I've been paying a lot of attention to it, Uncle Luke. I try to keep my ears to the streets as much as possible, because the streets gotta eat, and I'm not trying to be on the menu. But... Um, I seen a lot of this going on, and some people are saying it was uh, people inside had something to do with it because the only people that the only nine one one call they got actually came from New York, not from anyone in the house. So it's so many different layers and factors that come into this. The family is obviously coming out and asking for help if anybody knows information. But it's just sad that we always have to talk about things like this, like not to the instance where we're bringing light to people that's past, but I mean in the hip hop industry. And as somebody we're gonna talk about a little bit more lately. Uh, later in the episode, as he once said, one of the hardest professions to survive in is being a rapper because you have to continuously keep up this facade of I'm super hard, tough, I'm hard body, can't nobody test me, I got 50 guns, you try to rob me, you're going to you know, be in the heavens. But you also have to maneuver from city to city and cities where you can't take your weapons because you get multiple gun charges to cities where you can't take all of your um, your entourage with you because they have certain parameters that they can't go out of their way of. People are always wanting to test you because you show your jewelry so people feel like you got the whole ice box at your house. It's a, it's a, as much as we look at it and we put rap into this high regard and, and as a lot of kids want to be rappers and everything like that, it's a position where a lot of people don't really make it to retire. Retiring from rap, do you think that's actually a possibility for to be able to do to truly just be out of the game? I don't think you. I could. think Andre three thousand has showed us in a way how to do it. Yeah, he comes back and do does features from yeah, now on, sure. but he's yeah. doing TV shows now, and he only 
he doesn't have to ever do a song again. He solidified. He doesn't have to make another feature. I think he officially retired from rap, and he even said he doesn't even know how to get back into the zone of being who he once was before because he's been so far removed. But all in all, man, we want to send a, our, our condolences. I was just about to, to say, do we, do we even just send condolences nowadays, man? Because it seems like every month is this new rapper that's getting whacked. There's this new situation that's happening with all these artists that are coming out, and they're just now being at the very beginning of their long, you know, illustrious careers that they would have had. Like you said, it's kind of hard to be in this rap category because they don't let these white people fool you in these suits. Don't let these corporations fool you. Rap music is pop music. It is the very first popular music out there. That's what pop music is. It's popular. And rap has always been the most popular genre out there. So for Pop Smoke, I really just don't know what to say. I do want to apologize because I don't know a lot of these people or a lot of their names. Uh, it, they, they leave me a lot because I'm usually in my own lane. I like what I like. And, you know, this new age of rap really just isn't for me. I mean, I, that's an easy way mm-hmm. to say it, but it's, it's just truly not, man. Wow. What? Okay. But no, I want to ask you something, Uncle what, Luke. No, 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 no. What was that face about? I, mean, I, I didn't like that this new age rap really isn't for me. I, that that's, right that's why, there that's was why like... I just said, that's why I just said it. That's kind of the easy way out to say it, but that's why I don't pay attention to certain things like this anymore. You know what I mean? I think there, there's still there's new artists right now, as there always is and always will be, that's breaking the barriers and creating music that will be great and will be remembered forever. Are you talking about Lil Tecca? No, but uh, <laughs> it's artists. It's music artists. right now. NBA Youngboy. I think he's making music that will be remembered. I think he has such a cult following behind him that they're going to carry him past where a Lil Boosie or something like that, where they have this great cult following, but they also have, also have commercial success. But I wanted to ask you, as somebody, you would say that you don't really go on vacations or anything like that that often, right, Uncle Lou? No, You're not no. really a vacation kind of person. Okay, what is some things, because as we said earlier, he posted his address on accident, he had a party there in an Airbnb, where, you know, people go to, and, and let's be honest, when niggas go to new cities, they tell them to link up with the with the hoes, come, this is where I'm at, dropping locations. If they not in a place where it's legal, they hit niggas up with a lean, with a weed at, and they're putting themselves in positions where things like this can't happen. I mean, how many times has it been a honeypot situation where you get set up by a woman that you think is just coming by to drop neck, and you actually get your, you know, your neck took? You know, how many times have things like this have happened to where it's like, me personally, and as somebody in the profession that I'm in or will be in going forward, I will be traveling to do certain things and being in new cities with different clientele and things like that. And one thing I've always been one of, I'm a bit, I've always been a major proponent of privacy. I'm not a person, if you know anything about me, you have to be really close to me. You're not going to figure out a lot about me from social media other than what I want you to know. I'm not putting out where I'm at. If I put up a picture or a post of where I'm at location-wise, I've already left that place and I'm at my next destination. I never do things as I'm doing it. Anything I post, I've already left there. You're not going to catch me lacking that way. You're not going to be able to run in my house because you're going to think I'm in Cuba when really I took that vacation last week and I'm back and you run in my house and I got a couple of them things aimed at you because I don't trust people nowadays. <laughs> so you were just putting that disclaimer out there just in case somebody want to try it? You kind of have to because... Uncle Luke, in a day and age that we're in now, even more so, has been amplified as things been going on. People feel like it's necessary to put everything in their lives 
on social media or on YouTube, whether it's vlogging, whether it's anything of that nature, which I have no problem with at all. You express yourself and you lend yourself out there for people to be able to accept you and love you and you make money by doing things that you love. But I also am a major proponent of you have to keep a piece of yourself to yourself. You cannot give your whole self to your audience or to the public because then you're going to look up and you're going to say, dang, I have no privacy. I have no secrets and I have nothing that I can keep to myself to where only I know I'm in a situation where I'm fully exposed. So you're pretty much saying fake it till you make it. That's that's the persona you want to give off. I wouldn't say fake it. I'm not faking anything. It's not just you, more not so you saying I think a lot of artists it. should I know we want the fame. We want every time we, we step off the fly, we want uh, a lot of rappers, they want the cameras, they want the action, they want everybody to know, look, I'm in this Airbnb, I'm in the hills, I'm in LA, I'm on Beverly. Because but, that's definitely the route that a J. Cole took. He said he was in debt before he even made his big break. That's the route the baby took. He was talking all this hot you know that it, just to put it in that context, is that the way you should go about your life to make people see the way that you want them to be able to see you? It's a double-edged sword, Uncle Luke, because in entertainment, that's what you have to do. You have to entertain. Okay. And in a lot of cases nowadays, it's very it's hard, not saying it's impossible, but it's hard to be a, a rapper and not flex you know, your show money mm -hmm. and not flex your back-end money and not flex you went to Aviani or you went to you know Johnny Dang and not flex that new car you just bought or however you got it, that, that's... That don't matter. Nobody's asking for your pink slips. They just want to see that you're in it. And so for a lot of these people, they put themselves in detrimental situations because... So now you're talking about the populace. If I don't show this image, you, don't, you won't support me. It's almost like doing business. If I know this person has money and this extra, this money we making right here isn't going to make or break them. In a lot of cases, I'm more trustworthy because I'm like, he's not going to nickel and dime with this. He's not going to be penny pinching. He's not going to go X, Y, and Z. Whereas if I feel like this is your big break or this is the only way you're getting money, I'm going to kind of watch you because it's like you may be doing some kind of shady business to gain more for yourself. Or to do things like X, Y, and Z. So that's why rappers get off this image. Look, I got money. I, I don't need you. To where people feel like, well, I won't mind paying him this 50K for this feature because he already got it. This is not breaking him, but it can help me. Right. That's how you get that image to be sold so you can be a predominantly popular rapper. So what you bringing up, NBA Youngboy, would be, you know, in the next 10 years or so, we're going to see him at the light of this new age who else do you think I, sh I should, you know, open my ears to and try to expand my brain on more so? Some, some like, newer artists or they kind of, like, established? Well, because, honestly, I'm not going to... I like the baby. I guess he's came out within the past two years. He, well, actually, year, to be honest. And I like Magna Stallion. She's all right. She's cool. NBA Youngboy is okay. But when I mean this new wave of age group of rappers, I mean the kids from around whatever the earliest age you can start is, you know, 13 for some kids nowadays to around the 23, 24, my age, I just don't see anybody right there. Uncle Luke, it's, it's hard now because I feel like generations, as we become more intertwined with technology, I feel like generations are becoming smaller in a sense where right. three years after me, I'm 23 right now, 20-year-olds right now ain't probably on the same shit I'm on. My sister that's 20 years old, ain't on the same shit I'm on, like right. with her memories or things that she find fun or the music that she listens to. So I think that as things continue to speed up, every day, Uncle Luke, Damn. I cut kids' hair, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And sometimes I ask them, I'm like, who, hey, man, who you listening to or, or, or who you jamming to right now? Billy Elish. And every other time, <laughs> Uncle Luke, it's not even, because I, I, I know who Billy Elish is. She's a little white girl. Sometimes they say names. 
Like, I feel like how your parents used to feel when they used to be like, who? L- little what? Like, now it's like, and I'm not looking at it in a way for it's like, I won't even want to understand. It's just the fact, like, that's where we are now. And not in a bad way or a good way. It's just looking at it like, dang, this is where the game has progressed to now. You can't always have your ear to the post, but you can be close to it. I think it's definitely a divide right now. I I don't know where that line got drawn because I think I'm right in the middle of it. But like you just said, there's really that divide of artistry or music out there that people are listening to that people aren't listening to. And somebody that people should definitely give a bigger listen to, I think, is somebody named D Smoke. He was the winner of the Netflix series. Uh, me, myself, I haven't really listened to him out on Netflix, but I was bringing him up because he walked out with Deontay Wilder last night as of the recording of this date. Do you think before do you, the big fight between him and Tyson Fury? Go ahead. Before we even get into like the actual fight in the actual ring, I kind of wanted to comment one. Uh, D Smoke, that's his D-Smoke. name. D Smoke, trash, trash. Okay, trash. Even the, the music was trash. Con- even bro. the concert. Oh, the song last night. I, I don't know any of his other music, and so I am. I could be, you know, speaking from a place of ignorance. But what I heard last when he came night. out with with Deontay Wilder, I was like. Okay, <laughs> that wasn't. And then I felt like Deontay Wilder was doing too much with the whole ensemble he had on, with the red eyes on it and everything. And then like Tyson Fury just came out like, "I'm about to knock you out, mate!" Like on some <laughs> shit like that, and just whooped his ass. I mean, just flat out in Black History Month, Tyson Fury whooped Deontay Wilder's ass. And I wanted Deontay Wilder to win. I'm not gonna lie. Boxing is one of those sports, and Jason Woodlock kind of tried to say this, but he kind of got killed for it, and I will never defend Jason Woodlock in life, so you're not about to get this from me. But he said something, which people have said lots of times, but that boxing is a sport where race is a major factor. I think boxing is one of the only sports where you can turn on the TV or you watch it with a group of people, and in most cases, the demographic kind of has to be aligned. If you're watching the Conor McGregor versus Mayweather fight and half the room is white and half the room is black, then nine times out of ten, for who, you're yeah. going with your race. So in boxing, there is still a racial element where if you turn it on, you're like, oh, I'm going for the black dude. I don't know anything about him. I don't know anything about him, but I want him to win. And if you say you don't do that, you lie. I can understand the people that be like, I don't care if you're, if you're green, red, red, or blue. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I, I understand you can do that, but in America, that's a dynamic that people still pay attention to and will for. More I mean, it's the same dynamic that Tiger Woods had with golf this whole time. Nobody in a rat's ass gave any hell about golf until the 2000s or late 1990s when Tiger Woods started playing, and that's when all the black people started tuning into it. Serena Williams, Venus Williams. I mean, of course, uh, with those two, of course. But going on to Deontay Wilder, people were just saying, and I should have listened, that you know Tyson Fury is just not going to let someone that he already fought once you know, get a step ahead of him. He's the more pure boxer. And even though he's been looking like he's ate a, a few too many Krispy Kreme donuts <laughs> that's been down, the new one that's down here in Houston, he's just, you know, people can argue Klitschko, somebody that he fought before in the past, is a top 10 heavyweight boxer of all time. And you just started to, oh, well, what about Tyson? What about uh, Evander Holyfield? What about uh, 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 Muhammad Ali? I said top 10. <laughs> I'm not talking about top well, five. Tyson Fury actually invoked uh, uh, something in his preparation for this fight that it, it made me feel good because it made me feel normal of, of, of things that I've used to prepare in, in my pre- you know previous 
in my years of coming up, something that I've always used that helped me train and do this multiple times. He actually admitted that he masturbated seven times a day <laughs> while in preparation for the Deontay Wilder fight. And it really just made me feel like he's just like me, you know? <laughs> Sometimes you have to get those multiple masturbation days in one day, man. You got to beat it at least a couple times in a day just to remind yourself that I'm a man that still has a working prostate. But what what does that do for you actually just physically-wise? Is it maybe just it has a mind to clear game? his mind. You know, maybe he has this thing where he's just constantly thinking about women. You know, he just constantly wants to go. And instead of training, he wants to have sex. And sometimes you can just get it out in three minutes. You go to the bathroom. You get a couple of videos. You... You know, pop the Vaseline up, And man. then you go on about your day back to your workout routine. So do you think Tyson Fury should just hang it up after this fight? Or do you think he's going to be... Uh, no, man. I mean, you don't... For sure. It, it's rare that people, you know, quit while on the top of the mountain. Because... But, I mean, he is a bit older now. I mean... Like I think he's going to fight Anthony Joshua first. Oh, Anthony Joshua is not pulling up for that fight. Stop it. I think he Joshua will. Joshua is not going to pull up for that fight. Stop it. He's not going to fight Wilder or he's not going to fight Fury. No what does Wilder do after this? Isn't this his first loss? I think he should. Yes, it is. I think he should definitely search for that Joshua fight because Anthony Joshua thinks, oh, he lost to Fury. I'm definitely not going to. I think Anthony Joshua, if you don't know who we're talking about, he's the Olympian boxer. He's the one who's won two gold medals for USA for the past eight years at the past two Olympics. So he's one of those kind of boxers. He's not really one of those big HBO boxers. I mean, he's had... Somewhat, I think he's fought Klitschko as well, but Klitschko is like 50 now when he fought him. If you want to be honest, Uncle Luke, I don't think a lot of people really care about boxing that much. I think we it's great that we like mentioned it because it's like, hey, this is something that's going on that people you know see, but I don't, I don't think I mean, I've seen people talk about it, but it wasn't like a Mayweather fight, it wasn't just highly, but just I think on this, that. no, I think Wilder and Fury is the renaissance of the heavyweight boxing. I mean, is UFC bigger than boxing right now? It, it is, but I think the heavyweights, I think Fury and Wilder are just. You know, if you could pay them even more than what they're getting from their contracts, they definitely deserve $100 million each for what they're doing for boxing right now. I think this will be, in the next couple of years, if Joshua, Anthony Joshua, who we're talking about, and Wilder ended up fi- end up fighting, I think this will be the renaissance of heavyweight boxing. Well, Uncle Luke, not to just be so hasty and move on from this topic okay, so fast. Okay, that's fine. I really, fine. It was one topic I really wanted to get your opinion on and to get try to look at it from multiple angles. Okay. I'm on Instagram. I mean, I think it was, I was on Twitter when I seen this, and I seen a woman on live, and she was in Indianapolis, right? And she came out, and she was like, look, I walked into this dude's apartment in Indianapolis. He was having sex with another guy. Um, I told him, if you don't give me $5,000, I'm telling everybody about this, into which he didn't pay the money. So she put his picture up on uh, her Facebook, uh, I guess behind her Avi, right. her cover photo. Right. She put that he was a gay bird. She put the live out. She was telling everybody, look, he's having sex with men. He's doing X, Y, and Z. And then the guy saw her in traffic, shot her, and killed her in traffic because of this. And I wanted to ask you, Uncle Luke, I, this is a multiple layer cake. Okay. And I want to give your, I want you to give your personal opinion on a lot of it. One, was she wrong for outing him? Was that her business to speak it? And B, was he wrong? For going in in a blind rage and killing her, I think the coming out month. What month is that? Isn't it April? I believe. Uncle Luke, I don't. Come out the I don't. I don't. That well, one. I do not you know. don't know that. I can't believe I that. But anyway, the coming out month is so important for situations just like this. Extortion is real. I mean, uh, <clears throat> my heart was out to the guy. 
that's just in a bad situation. If that's something under wraps, you don't want anybody to know. Nobody knows the particular relationship between the two people. I mean, do you know? I don't know. She came out and said he ate her out two years ago before, so she felt so that, like she had to speak on it because he was sneak dicking. So they had a romantic relationship at prior. I mean, I guess you could feel that kind of way about somebody if they're having you know a gay relationship with somebody else and you were having sexual relations with that person as well. I don't know if that really should matter. If you're clean, if you're both clean, uh, you should get down how you want to get down regardless. Uh, especially in a woman's situation because a lot of men in Atlanta have babies as well and they're considered bisexual. A lot of their wives are their beard. Well, under what circumstances is it justified to out someone in that position? It's never just, I mean, extort. she was trying to extort him for money, you know, and mm-hmm. that's a crime. And before anybody gets to point out a gun or, you know, saying that you're going to kill this person, it might be called dry snitch. I mean, it may be called snitching. It may be called and talking to them foes. It may be called you a bitch. But talking to the police and trying to get to that situation to where you know you're going to kill this person, trying to get some leeway or some help in that aspect, I feel like people was don't the best factor in. If you're a legal gun owner, you have to make a police report on this person so you will be justified if it comes to terms with you shooting them. So right. you can officially say, I was afraid for my life. You have to go to the police if you're a legal gun owner. But this is what I say. I, I in, in no instance, instance am I condoning the murder of this woman. Because it shouldn't get to that level. It shouldn't. But you can't. You don't know what people's reaction is. When you play in a day and age, even though we come out and we say on this show, one of the best validations you can have in a lot of industries is coming out as being gay. And a lot of communities, it still is looked down upon about being gay and being outwardly gay. And you're still putting that person's life in danger. Even if you're like, even if she didn't say, I'm going to extort you. Even if she came straight out and said, look, I'm doing this to protect my life. If anything happens to me, this is who did it. Right. And it's it's weird to say that because it's like your life wouldn't be in danger if you wouldn't be spreading this out in the public. You could have went straight to the police. Look, I witnessed something. I feel like they're angrily going to come after me for revenge or just to make sure nobody finds this information out. I, she said she had her own weapon. Why not take that instance? It's just weird to me that nowadays people's first reaction, whether they get in a car wreck, whether they just they just got shot, people's immediate reaction is, let me go on live, let me go on Instagram, let me go on Facebook, let me go on XYZ. See, and I, I just don't this, get right? that. Yeah. Like For me personally, I, I still have not moved to a place where I feel my instant reaction is to pull out my phone and record a situation. I need to deal with what's going on right now before I'm like, let me go on social media. It just doesn't make sense to me. And I felt like she put herself in a hole where if she knew this guy, she said, okay, I've had relationships with him previously. I've been in some kind of contact with him. It's most likely a small city. You know these people. And a lot of cases, you know the kind of person this is. You know this kind of person. If I if I go out on this person, they're going to probably try to harm me. That's why she said, look, if anything happens to me, this is the person that did it. I feel like she wanted the attention. For sure. Even so, even in, in the beginning of her life, if you go back and you research and you watch the video, she says... She says, I'm waiting for everybody to join my live. I'm waiting for everybody to come in so you can see this. So she obviously wanted an audience. I think what social media brings out the most in people and it shows, everybody wants the audience. Everybody wants the peanut gallery. Everybody, well, not everybody, a large percentage of people 
wants people to be watching them. They want the audience. They want the eyes. They want to be the person in the main light. They want to be Wendy Williams. The main they want to spread <clears throat> gossip. They want to do that. And privacy for me is a major thing mm -hmm. because I don't even want to be, I'm not doing, I'm not a person that's going to be sneaky and doing any type of shit. Anything I do, I'm going to stand on it. But I don't want anything I'm doing to be outed if I didn't want it to be outed. If I'm sneak, if I'm undercover getting money, not on no homo shit, but <laughs> if I'm getting, like, if I got away, I'm getting money, and I'm like, I got to keep this on the low because motherfuckers going to try to get on this. I think that was very derogatory how you said no homo shit, sir. Uh, I'm sorry. If I offended too. anybody oh, okay. of the homosexual or the LGBT community, I do want to apologize. <laughs> I do want to apologize. But I'm just saying, like, if I'm doing something, like, I'm, I'm on the low, I'm getting how I'm getting, you know, getting my money or whatever I'm doing, if I wanted motherfuckers to know, they'll know. Right. Like, why do you feel any obligation that you like, oh, I gotta let, no, I gotta let people know this. <laughs> like, they gotta, like, what, bro? Yeah, that, that's just not right. I, I think I 100% agree with you on this situation, but let me swing it to you in a different way, in a different aspect, just for the woman's perspective, maybe. Okay. If Malice Martell was Malisha, might be, I don't know, whatever girl mm -hmm. name you want to be. Malachi. Were, Malachi. And you were a woman, and you found out that a man that you were sexually into it with turned out to be homosexual, bisexual, whatever you want to call it, had a relationship with men. Would that, you know, not not to try and defend the woman, of course not, but in that certain situation, how would you feel about it? Because I can't, you can't say a man finding out that a woman is having a relationship with another, with another woman. woman. That's not yeah. the same. That's well, not the same kind okay, one, let's just say at the end of the day, this is a hypothetical, and I, it, even though I really don't want to do a hypothetical because you're putting yourself in a realm of make-believe, I'll answer it in this way. I understand the aspect of feeling like you've been duped or your life has been played with. Right. But you also risk that every time you have any unprotected sex with, with someone. Anyone, so you put yeah. yourself... In that position, if you say, okay, I trust this person enough that I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. I don't put my dick in nobody, you know, if I'm not with that person for a long period of time with no condom on. Not only because I don't I'm not, I don't want any kids right now. People out here <laughs> doing whatever with whoever, bro. Right. They don't care. A lot of people just live in life like, I'm here to have fun. I'm not worried about any of this. I don't care about, uh, what is it called, vaginosis, bacterial vaginosis. They don't care about none of that, bro. A lot of people out here is just trying to get their rocks off and go on about their day. And for me personally, yeah, you'll feel a type of way like, damn, this nigga was gay. Right. And I didn't know. But I personally feel like you'll know. Like, if you really pay attention to your partner, you should be able to know stuff like that, whether it's slight action, slight right. how they walk, how they... It's certain things that just give a person up. You cannot keep that from somebody. So I felt like in a lot of cases, you've seen the signs, right. but you just decided not to leave because whether it's a financial position, whether it's you love the person, whether it's a housing situation, you a lot of times kind of people convince themselves that things aren't going on when they know what's really going on. So I think in a lot of cases, you'll know. You know, and if I'm put in a position where this person playing the perfect game and I don't know what's going on, I mean, okay, yeah, you're going to feel fucked up, but I'm not about to be like, hey, everybody, look, I got tricked and I was f fucking with so-and-so. <laughs> like, you just making yourself look stupid because now we know, okay, you was behind that. Like, you was on that too. Whatever he was on with him, he probably left there and came there with you. And I, it, to me, it just is, no, bro. It's not how you handle it from A to Z. I think everything, every step she took 
was the wrong step to take after a serious situation like that because have we seen whether it's people being killed for themselves being gay or people killing other people for outing them for being gay we've seen it so many times and now if you go out and you do something like this so you partake in a situation like this you should know the outcomes that can happen and you're accepting that when you decide to go on social media and out that person i mean but how can she get any kind of res uh, reconciliation in a situation like that, I mean, obviously trying to extort him and get money from him is the worst possible situation she could have done. But how does she get that closure from that? I mean, is it just a conversation that they have? You know, I'm sorry that this is how it was and me not telling you. I mean, I don't know. But I wanted to ask you that, too, because, you know, shout out to my baby boo, this show called Grownish with uh, 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 Luke Sabbath and all them. Yara, yeah, Shahidi, Yara Shahidi. Yara Shahidi. yeah, yeah, that bullshit. In, in one of the earlier seasons, it was the girl. She was bisexual. But when she found out somebody that she was having sex with was also bisexual, who was male, they ended their relationship right then and there. So I didn't I didn't know if that was in the same playing field or in the same boat, how you can feel about it now that you tell me this is the one of the reasons why she tried to extort this man. But what, what? Go ahead. Just the last thing on this before we we either go to the Boosie topic or wherever you want to go after this. I just wanted to say, what was her plan of recourse if she would have got the money? Exactly. Yeah. Like, do you, do you think that a person is gonna? You know a major secret about me that you can express at any time, and I just gave you five racks. You think I'm just about to let that go? Like after I give you the money. I'm supposed to just I'm be like, okay, this, streets, this ain't yeah. going to never happen no more. Yeah, right. It ain't going to be no funny looks when I see you in the store. And we all know one thing a hoe cannot do is keep her mouth shut. <laughs> she going to tell somebody. She going to be pillow talking. For sure. She going to tell her mama. Or she going to tell somebody. It's no way they going to keep a secret. And as the Benjamin, Benjamin Washington line or the line that was always attributed to him, a secret can't be kept between three people when two of them are dead. And so maybe dude just looked at it like, look, you got to go now. You got to go. Yeah, I think that's definitely the way to... Well, is it three or is it just two? Because the only way one secret is going to be held is if one of them is there. Eh, whatever. Either way, anyway. it's the same amount of people that's so, not <laughs> That's a lot, right? So, I guess we can just hop on to that Boosie situation. It's the same I think situation. It aligns, I think it aligns perfectly with this. It's the same situation that we talked about last week. Nothing new, but we just have new information that Boosie did get kicked out of Planet Fitness. Why is Boosie at Planet Fitness, though? <laughs> Like, he can't afford, like, $10 L.A. Fitness, month, fitness $10 connection. A month. I mean, even if you got it like that, you know, you got to find somewhere to save money somewhere. I guess. Maybe he was like, look, this is a judge-free zone. I can say what I want to say. <laughs> Obviously, that's not the case because the manager, after the video, he released there. Uh, Big kicked, gay white man. Kicked him out of Planet Fitness. He is now no longer that. I don't know if it's all Planet Fitness. Member, most right. likely just that one. I want to ask this, though, Uncle Luke. Okay, before you even get into Boosie, you know, what he said, you know, about Otuti, what he said, we know companies can, they can stop serving whoever they want to. But you can't be prejudiced towards a certain person. Like, you can't be like, we don't serve black people here. Right. Right? Should companies be able to say, look, you've made statements on social media that we don't agree with, so we will not serve you, we will not give business to you, or do you feel like that's your right in America as a business in capitalism that you can say, look, this is what we set our standards on and we will not serve you if you X, Y, and Z? I mean, that's what a lot of jobs are doing right now in the light of social media because if you're putting out something about the company that they don't want you to put out, they can go on to your page and say that's terms of reason for being able to uh, fire you. But in the opposite sense of a customer, 
I don't know somebody that's paying money. I mean, there's there there's obviously obviously a line in ten dollars at Planet Fitness. <laughs> Maybe it's a little bit easier to say, Boosie, no, you can't come to this Planet Fitness anymore. But to go from actual what you say on social media can dictate what you can do as a potential client for somebody. I don't know. That's a kind of weird situation. I think, and this has been a a. a not a top, but this has been like a kind of a, a a major title over the whole podcast. We're becoming one with social media, where it used to be you have the Everything online is dictated world, around it. everything is dictated, and around then you have it, the real much. world. But now we're moving to a place where everything is joined in. You will not be able to apply at a lot of jobs without giving an email or giving them a way where they can look up your social media. I was recently uh, when that whole Miami stripper bowl thing went on, right. And we found out that strippers were actually private contractors. I wanted to look and see what all information they actually asked for you to be on, uh, to be a stripper. And they asked for your Instagram. It's required. They asked for your Snapchat. It's required. In this day and age, companies A, either want you to have a presence on there to support the company. All right, it's, or B, want you to have a minimum you know, impression on society or in social media to where you're not affecting their bottom line. And I think we're moving to a place where they will scowl your your Instagram, your Facebook, your Twitter, your uh, TikTok, your yeah, whatever right. you have. Companies will be able to look this up or they will have outsourced companies that go and do deep dives and find out when you said nigger or find out when you made that homophobic reference or find out when you made that anti-Semitic reference. And that's what's going to stop a lot of people from getting jobs, not dirty piss from weed because we're moving to a place where weed is more able to, you know, more less taboo. But we're moving to a place where what you say on social media and your digital footprint will have an imprint on where you can work in your life. That's a good statement to make, but <clears throat> I think Boosie, that really just doesn't apply to him. But I think you are saying something that's mostly true for most people. But to get back on the Boosie and just the whole situation again, like we were talking about before the podcast, before we started recording, if I can bring it up again. Mm-hmm. If you are not 100% a liber- liberal and you don't share the same concepts and ideas as all these other woke people on social media or people that think this has to be a certain way you have to allow people to do whatever the hell they want to do in this life if you do not share that concept with anybody else i just feel like people think you are the conservative you're some republican you're you don't even have to declare yourself a liberal anyway to feel how you want to about the situation and last week after you know we blow up in the southern knowledge podcast whatever episode was it last week that we had episode 62, whatever it comes out. Oh, uh, 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 uncle daddy Luke said that he doesn't think that Dwayne Wade's son should be able to be called a female. It's going to come out and that's going to be something that people are going to nag on to me. It really could be. And to me, you know, my ideas haven't changed from last week to this week. There's nothing new that's really came out besides people trying to say that, they took Boosie's, what he was saying, out of context about don't cut his dick off, don't cut his nuts off. That was obviously a joke. They're not talking about getting him a sex change or anything like that. But a 12-year-old cannot come to me and tell me that he is not the <laughs> He is not gay, but he is a woman and identifies himself straight. A 12-year-old just can't See, do Uncle that Luke, to I me. think this, this Boosie topic is just going to have... It's going to be a major 
precursor of what's going to happen in this upcoming debate or this upcoming presidential election. And I, I know a lot of people may be like, huh? Yeah, that's definitely but this I is why gave. I think a lot of the left, I mean, people criticize the right. And it, as we reiterated several times on this show, we're, no, we're neither liberal or you know, I, I don't conservative or Democrat. I don't any of that. But if you're a liberal, you're a fake woke. Apparently. Okay, but look. I think a lot of the well, left let me not say that. is going to eat and you know eat their own from the left because in a lot of things if you're not extremely woke to the point where you're teleporting and you're like the <laughs> the blue guy from the Watchmen they're going to think you're right and you're not left enough if you don't fully believe in Everything I believe in. Right. If you don't believe open borders, if you don't believe anybody is anything they identify as, if you don't believe anything I believe to extreme, that we're gonna eat you, and we're gonna we're gonna bring up your past comments, what you said, because everybody has something they've said in the past. Everybody, and even if you delete it, they can find it. They look at it, and I think it's just gonna be a situation where they continuously eat themselves up. And I think that if they really want to be uh, uh, prominent in this upcoming election and they really want to beat Trump, they're going to have to progress past that because if you continuously oh, eat yourselves okay, up, okay. Trump is just going to be in there again. And post-Trump, I don't know where we're going to be because that's a couple of more years ahead. I don't know where we're going to take or where we're going to go as a society. Maybe this is just a knee-jerk reaction where it's, it's for a greater cause where we're trying to become a place where it's equality for all. And right now we're just working out the kinks. But I think if... if this continues on the pace that it's on now, where where everybody's trying to be continuously more woke than the last person. I think we're going to go to a situation where nobody is safe. We're going to get to the thinking crime, where if you even think this now, if you even try to uh to to, to dead name me, if my name now is X Y Z, and you even accidentally accidentally called me what I previously was known as, I think we're getting to a place where. You won't be able to survive out here because we're going to either cancel you or attempt to cancel you, or you're going to have to go to some subgroup where, look, everybody here believes that we can say what we want to say, and that's just going to create and harbor a really difficult place for uh, uh, growth and intelligent conversation. Two things I want to bring up before we kind of get back onto the boozy topic and when it's sunset as well. <clears throat> Dave Chappelle just keeps popping up in my mind, especially with the sticks and stones uh, uh, stand-up that he had. It's just, uh, he called all of this and it's been like this for forever, but now that I'm able to, you know, just see it in a different light of what things really are, to me, I just see how things are going. And it's crazy how he called that a year ago, even though it was progressing towards that way. It just seems like it is going to truly be in that situation where that's how everybody is going to think and we're all going to be one just big conglomerate of just you know, nobody is able to think for themselves or have their own opinions. And two, you think right now a candidate who is on the ap opposite side of liberalism is going to be the number one running for against President Trump? That's really interesting to me. No, I'm I'm saying not against liberalism, liberalism, right? But the person that says, and this is why I feel like Bernie. Is, is getting a lot of support, even though a lot of the other Dems don't <clears throat> support him, is because he's giving a lot of people what they seen, what a lot of people seen in Trump. And I'm not saying on the same as being, you know, vulgar or saying this or saying that or going at motherfuckers next. Okay. I think it's from the point of, look, this guy is for what I'm for. He's not trying to be holier than thou. 
He's not trying to be super woke, but he's speaking and saying what needs to be said, what I feel like a lot of people are agreeing with him. And I think if people contend on this trend, it just sets us up for a situation where everybody is condemned for anything or what you could do. I just think on this progression where I'm in agreement, we need to become a society that's more, you know, where we build a society where you don't know if you're going to be the peasant or you're going to know if you'll be a king. So you're creating this in the most perfect way where everybody can have the best lifestyle. But I think if we're doing this by condemning other, it's like that saying that goes where it's like, first they went after like the Jews, but I wasn't Jewish. So I didn't care. Then they went after the blacks, but I wasn't black, but I didn't care. But then there was no one left. So they came after me. I think it's a situation where we keep going, con- where they keep condemning this person or going after this person where you're going to look up and now we're playing some Royal rumble because I'm calling you out for this because I feel like you're xenophobic and I'm going to call you out for this because I feel like you're misogynist and I'm going to call out you for this because I feel like you're supporting rape culture. I feel like it's going to go in so many different dynamics that it's only going to implode from the inside out. I think people take the definition of free thinking and made it into their own. You know, we can talk about this another time. I think this is a really great conversation to have, but go ahead and get on to what Boosie's uh, son said about Dwayne Wade's daughter. Well, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to get too in-depth into, you know, maybe what Tootie said because these are minors and kids. Right. Uh, he came out, he said, fuck D-Wade and his son. My dad said what he said. I know a girl that can get him back straight, which, I mean, we understand what he's saying, but this is a minor saying this. Bro. Right. You know, and it's... And yes, Boosie did say he was gonna get a grown woman that you know take obviously his son virginity. Jokes, obviously jokes. But it's people just believe anything that other people tell them. Boosie obviously because that's illegal and he would be in jail. I think it's right both now. both sides of the spectrum of being too far as a parent. Okay. Whether it's you're giving your child too much liberties in the sense of a D way, where it's like, okay, you're a woman, son. Okay, let's. Let's go get the the estrogen and things right now, and let's start right now. So there's no question. And there's the other end of the spectrum where it's like, boy, you about to be straight. We about to get you a prostitute, and it's your 15th birthday. She about to suck your dick. <laughs> I think it's two opposite ends of the spectrum where both are not what we need as a society. Both are different opposite ends of the spectrum, but too far on each side. I think you have to find a perfect balance in the middle where you treat a child. Sometimes you don't baby them, but you also don't. You, you you look out for them as a parent. You say, look, I also, I'm your, I'm not your friend. I'm your parent. So in this situation, I, I can't let you do that. It's for your own good. I know you want to do this, and I'm with your empowerment. I'm with your independence. But for this statement or this thing, I feel like as your parent, I'll make the best decision for your future. And this is what needs to be said. Let me say this in the same light as what I said last week, just to throw it out there again as a disclaimer. Obviously, it won't matter in the next couple of years when I blow up and <clears throat> people are going to go back and find this episode. But I 100% and wholeheartedly believe since Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union are in the light that they're in, you know, Dwayne Wade is obviously still trying to do more with the NBA. Gabrielle Union is obviously still being an actress and killing it and whatever she does. They are doing the right thing for their daughter right now. They're whoa. I said that last week. So I you, think you're I, saying this is what the best the best route for, for the child for them in the scope that they're under. Because what if they said no, 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 no son? Oh, you're, you're not. saying people in the and I'm sorry to interrupt. The people in the realm of Hollywood. If you handled this any other way, because Hollywood right now is super left, super woke, for super sure, this. Yes, for sure. If they would have handled this any other way, then they would be looked at in a certain light that would hurt their careers. Yeah, for, for sure. And <clears throat> not only just that, it's to where 
even if they were kind of on board but weren't at the same time, how do you bring it up when you're on the fence about it? You just have to fully come out and say that you're supporting your daughter and whatever endeavors that they want to continue in in life. But for me, as a guy right now who <laughs> isn't, you know, going to be a multimillionaire within the next, you know, two days, couple of days or so, you know, to where my life would drastically change in that aspect, I just don't think that you you can allow a child to tell you what they are when they don't even. I mean, does he even know what a clit is? Does he no, even know what? But, uh, but should we even, how should a they sexual even get that re, in depth re, with it yet? You know? Yeah, exactly. So how? I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't Look, know. this. This is what I want to really just say as we wrap up the end of the show. When I graduate from barbering school, okay. I'm going to get my first tattoo, Uncle Luke. If you don't know, Mouse Martel has zero tattoos. Damn, you are a, a, a virgin. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And I've came to the conclusion that I'm going to get a tattoo. So if you support the podcast. <laughs> Please send in some, you know, maybe some ideas for tattoos. Please don't send oh, any penises or or, 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 you know, kick me here, any lame shit like that. But look, you know, genuine things, I don't know what I want to get. I don't know what I'm going to get where or what is going to be. But I have made my mind up that I'm going to get a tattoo and I'm going to set my sights on it. And if anybody that's known me knows this is a major, this is major for me. I've never been somebody that said they would ever get a tattoo. I've always kind of leaned to the position of never getting one. But if you love this podcast, like it, subscribe it. We are back. We will be on a different platform than we were previously. So I need to figure out which um, platforms we are going to be on. We should still be on Apple iTunes uh, podcast. And we should be back on Spotify. We're going to be on Anchor as well now, but this is something we're trying to work out the semantics of. <laughs> be patient with us. Come here, listen to us, support us, and show us your support. I love when you guys come up to me in person and say, hey, where has the podcast been? We miss it. We love it. Me and Uncle Luke truly appreciates that because it also shows us that our words aren't going out into the abyss. There's actually somebody on the other end of this listening, whether they're agreeing, disagreeing, you know, just having an opinion and taking what we say and taking heed to it. Is there anything you want to say as we wrap up the episode, Uncle Luke? Let me throw this out to you before we get out of here. So, you know, it's the big three for when you get your first tattoo. It's either your mama's name, your kid's name, or, you know, something simplifying Christianity or your religion in any kind of way. Those three mm-hmm. ideas aren't really just... I mean, obviously, you know, I'm a kid. I could possibly get a portrait, Uncle Luke, but I've always been heard this thing, and I'm not one that's superstitious, but I've always heard... You shouldn't get tattoos of people that are still alive. Have you heard, ever heard of that before? I've heard that when they say you shouldn't get tattoos of people that are still alive because it could be some bad juju around. I don't know, but I have to put more in-depth analysis into it. I don't think I'll probably get my mother's name. I damn sure ain't got no kids, so ain't no kids <laughs> going to be on me. Uh, so it's still going to be in the factor process. I might get some weird shit. I haven't made my mind up yet, and I'm the type of person where my first tattoo might be something that's covering like my whole stomach. Like, I don't get my first tattoo being something small. I might just go all out, go big, and go home. But as we always say, like and subscribe to the podcast and listen to us again, you damn dirty apes. We out.
Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and you're tuning in to the best show on earth with your favorite two people in the whole wide world. Malice Montana Malcolm, 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 Malice Montana Uncle Luke, smoking the pound and smell like fruit. Niggas they watch us like Roku, talking and talking like hoochers. We've been down way before Pro to the green in that section like produce. And please don't come around if we don't know you. And we meant it, you can ride the wave, but we need a percentage When you're in with the podcast and we win it, uh, but it's just the start I'm about to buy a yacht, that's the biggest nose off And we might just set a record I know my job, I won't neglect it Talk on the mic and get the letters I run the track like Jerome Bettis and we packed the spot out like a game of tech. I told you, but don't touch my gun. Listen. <laughs> but you know the fuck we from? We from Texas. This is Southern Knowledge Podcast. Thank you.